Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success. When you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline, you will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. All right, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Yetta Stansel, and with over 20 years of experience as a consciousness coach and consultant, Yetta wakes people up to their true potential and purpose. She guides clients to access their unconscious minds, right-size their egos, and develop new behaviors that generate positive outcomes and emotions. Utilizing a mindful, experiential, and integrated approach to personal development, she helps clients shift their stories and create meaningful change to their lives and leadership. Yetta, thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. It's so good to see you again. How have you been? Oh, I love being on these shows and love seeing you and any chance we get. So whenever we have the opportunity to say, hey, who can we bring on the show? It's like, let me reach out to Yetta. So yeah, it's always a, we've had quite a few lately. It's here. so awesome. It's awesome to be on the show. It's just awesome to know more about you as I've gotten to know you and your story. And we've had lots of uh, conversations and interviews in other places. So what an honor. I'm truly, truly excited to be here and just humbled. So thank you for asking me. And um, I always say this after someone reads my bio, I really hope she shows up. So let's see what happens. No, I, I have no uh, no doubt that you're going to show up and you're going to bring the fire and and people are going to leave inspired in some way. So, um, but talking about ins- inspiration or what I like to say more of an influence, because uh, you're you're great at both inspiring people. But one thing that I've learned from the short t- period of time getting to know you is you're great at influencing people. And what I like to to the difference between that is like influence is getting people to move. Get people to take action on what they do. But before we dive into some of your strategies of how you do that, why don't we give our audience a little bit about your backstory? Tell them more about you and why should they be listening to you in the first place? Yeah, this is a great question. Why should you be listening to me? Uh, you know, it, it is a fun question. And for me, I think, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. And this is what I say when I get asked that question all the time, backstory, ever since I was a kid. You know, and if you came over to my house to play and you gave, and this is a story I give, it's a real true, it actually happened. You know, the neighbor comes over and she's, you know, I'm 10 years old and she's like, let's play restaurant. And the oldest of four siblings and the kids from the neighborhood were always at our house. And so, you know, any idea that someone would bring to me became a business. Absolutely. Right out of the gate. I don't care if you want to be out. We were in the backyard and I had all these pine trees in my backyard. And if you wanted to play house, next thing you know, I'm designing the room, getting the furniture and giving you a part to play. You're the dad, you're the mom, you're the whatever. So for me, my backstory is I've always been an entrepreneur and I didn't know how to say that then, but I've always known how to turn thoughts into things. It's just a natural space that I've always spent time in and, um, you know, became a little rebellious as I got older, got into a lot of experimenting, uh, dropped out of high school. And honestly, Jr. thought I'm stupid. I don't know anything and joined the military. That was that was my out. I was actually maybe you didn't want to go this deep, but I was actually sitting in the Bonnier home for girls on the night of my high school graduation and I had been in trouble multiple times. I'd already been to the juvenile detention center several times, locked up. This one was for real. It was straight up legit. And it was a possibility I could have stayed there till I was 21. And so mm-hmm. I went before the judge and said, um, I'm going to join the military. And I thought I was getting a better deal getting out of the institution of the detention center world and going into the military. 
And it was a real eye opener for me. And so that really kind of broke down a lot of the rebellious spirit that was in me, but in a good way. So a lot of structure was introduced. And I know we have some similarities there around action and structure and and this entrepreneurial spirit. And so I've just, even in the military, was good at turning thoughts into things. I didn't call it leadership back then. I just knew if the room was on fire or if you had an idea that you wanted to make come alive, you came to me. And either way, if we were in trauma or drama or you were in a creating space, I just knew how to get you out or get you there. And so, you know, being a high school dropout, going into the military when Desert Storm broke out, you know, no bueno. I, this, this, I, I raised my hand to my drill sergeant. I'm like, I, I, can we call my mom? I made a mistake. See, I just kind of wanted to do something instead of going to jail. And so as I evolved as my own person, I didn't realize I was learning more about leadership. And so it's, mm. but it's always been in my DNA. And I think that's an important thing. And I really want your listeners to understand that was this has always been me. It's just coming into more of the awareness of how do I leverage that and consciously use that to help people. And um, and that's what I think the military gave me was kind of a, a, a knock over the head seriously and a, a serious ass whooping or kicking or whatever you want to call it to say you can be like that, but you're going to do it in a way that's going to actually help people not hurt them anymore. And that was really kind of my first introduction. And then through a series of life changing events and mentors that crossed my path, I was able to just cultivate more leadership skills. And um, and so here we are today. And that's what I help people do. And so it's, it's always been in me. It's just a little bit more refined and polished now than the the rebel with a cause or without a cause, if you will, at 16, who left high school and said, I don't need that. Yeah. 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 So it's funny how, uh, you know, being a, a rebel teenager can definitely shift your shift your mindset when you go in the military. Cause you know, I, I probably would have been that dropout as well. You know, I, I graduated with 1.2 GPA and I think they only let me gave me a diploma across that stage because they knew I was going to the military, but yeah. uh, there's no reason why that I should have done it. But yeah, the you know, military has that way of, you know, really shifting and giving you purpose, giving you mission, giving you a, you know, a community of people to be able to do it. But what was that big shift for you? Like when you went in the military and you're like, Hey, you know, I'm still a rebel. I'm not sure if this is where I want to do it, but where did you start seeing like you know, the light bulb for you just starting to click? Yeah, you know, well, I don't know if a light bulb clicked. I think one got shattered was when they rolled in the big TV. And this was back in the day when the TV was still strapped on the cart with the four wheels oh, yeah. into the barracks and the news flash was on and we were going to war. And I was like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. This was not what I signed up for. Uh, you know, I, I actually tested out as a personnel management specialist and I was really going to building one for the army, you know, and going and doing a desk job. That was my thing. Little did I know then I tested out for that because I was just really good at organizing people. That was really a skill that I was just ingrained with. And um, so that that was the moment that I thought and thankfully I was going through boot camp and I was going through AIT and coming back home because I was only going to do reserve status. But that was the moment where I thought, and I had to be honest with myself and the people that lay down their lives to save our lives and give us freedom, I bow to them. I quickly realized, I don't think I'm that person. And thankfully, because I had a desk job, I wasn't called to be that person, but it scared the crap out of me. I was like, "What? wait a minute, what's going on here? So, um, so that was a moment where I realized like this adulting is real. The choices you make have consequences. So thankfully, I didn't end up being deployed. Thankfully, I ended up um, coming back home. And um, so as I went through that, got all the training, did that, that was my first kind of like, okay, I've got to get it together. I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. 
And so I think the next piece for me was, you know, getting married and having my son. You know, Mm. when I became a mom, that's when my entrepreneurial journey really started. I wanted to be a mom and that's why I became an entrepreneur. I wanted time freedom. I wanted my summers off. I didn't want to have to call somebody to get permission to go see his school play. So the second piece for me was, oh my gosh, now I've got this human being I'm responsible for. How do I lead him? How do I not do to him what happened to me? And I think we're we're now moving into a world, and I think this is important for the listeners. You know, pre-COVID, we didn't really mix personal with professional. We still had a very siloed world. And now the world's kind of, you know, woken up and broken a lot of social norms. And so, you know, I, I didn't really merge the two or we didn't talk about that in, in the business world. And I think now we have to start talking about who we are as people because who we are as people is how we show up and lead. And so then the next dot that came for me is as I went through my own healing journey and growth as a mother and as an entrepreneur, especially a female entrepreneur, I say this a lot, especially to the women out there listening. My son was born in 1997. Okay, well, he's 26 now. Yeah, but 25 years ago, a woman still needed a man to co-sign anything, anything. So I had to start my first business with a signature from my husband and I wanted to take out a home equity loan. And he said, absolutely not. And so, you know, it was a big discussion back and forth of becoming an entrepreneur. And so I was able to become an entrepreneur, but we took out a home equity line of credit. I couldn't even do it by myself. I had to have his permission in order to do that. So that was kind of that third thing that woke up inside of me was where does independence and freedom come as an entrepreneur, but especially as a female entrepreneur. And that led me into lots of other really wonderful chance meetings where other leaders that were successful poured into me. And I just showed up and kept asking questions. How did you get there? What did you do? How do I do it? And so that journey has been ongoing for me through my entire professional career is just showing up and asking questions and connecting the dots that came. Yeah, so there's some uh, some pieces that are missing only because I know you that that you kind of skipped over, but you you've had a lot of amazing uh, companies and opportunities and people that you got to work with. Why don't you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So, you know, um, I gladly do it. I, I don't have any ownership over this. Um, you know, it was a, a chance meeting. You can call it, you know, inspiration, divinity, divine timing. There's a lot of ways to describe this. Here's what I would say is um, I just was opened up to a chance meeting. And this was the most important. The first one, I'd gotten a job in Northern Virginia and just worked my way from part-time personal trainer. Because remember, I just want to be a mom. And um, so I'm working part time as a personal trainer, work my way up into management. And I'm sitting at the front desk at this. This It's like nine o'clock at night at one of the health clubs up in Northern Virginia around the Beltway. And I'm standing there with a client. She's holding a book. And the front desk receptionist you know, says, I, I need to run to the bathroom. Can you just watch the phones for me? So this is one of those moments. And for the listeners, you know, when you have that moment, it comes when you least expect it is what I found. I said, yes, I'll watch the phone. And then she walks off the phone rings. I answer it. And there's a distraught woman on the other end of the phone. And she says, I need a trainer to go down to Washington, D.C. at 430 tomorrow morning and train a client. And I'm like thinking I'm being secret shopped. And I'm like, "Okay, well, can't help you because our thought was at our company, you come to us. We don't go to you. And so I did all the right things, thinking I was being secret shopped. She begged, she pleaded. I wrote down the gentleman's name and it was Dr. Ken Blanchard. And uh, well, the woman's name and she said, here, can you take his name and his phone number where he's staying and pass this off to somebody after hours? Because I think she could tell I was trying to be straight legit. 
So again, I thought we were still in the secret shopping conversation and uh, which is what they used to do in corporate to make sure you weren't you know, breaking the rules and following processes and all that stuff. And so I, I hang up the phone and the client is standing there and she turns the book and she goes, did you say Ken Blanchard? And the book was Who Moved My Cheese? And he had written the foreword to this book that she was reading. And I said, I have no idea. I don't know why you all. I thought he was a foot doctor. I just remembered a doctor as a medical doctor. For some reason, the vision of a foot doctor came in. And so I said, uh, I don't know who you're talking about. And she said, he's like the biggest leadership guru on the planet. He has written numerous books and you need to know who he is. You need to go train this man. And everything in me said no, because everyone who knows me knows I don't do anything at 430 in the morning. In the military, the hardest thing for me in the world was when they would come in and turn the lights on and, you know, we're out running in the pitch dark. And I would always volunteer to be the road guard in the back because I could kind of trot and hang back and, you know, wave the little flashers to keep us safe. I hated, hated getting up that early. And I looked at her and I said, you don't understand. There's no way. I lived in Dale City. I'm not driving all the way to downtown Washington, D.C. and to go in to meet some man I've never met. No way. But, you know, that little voice that you hear, I'm sitting in the car, I'm driving home that night. And that little voice is like, you got to go, you got to go. And I got that piece of paper in the passenger seat and I'm looking over and I'm like, oh my God, I got to go. So I go and I meet Ken Blanchard. And so if you don't know who he is, you can Google him. He's literally an internationally best-selling author on leadership. I mean, he's up there with the Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, Peter Drucker. I mean, they're all up there. And I got to meet him. And the first thing he said when he came out of the elevator, he goes, Yetta, what are your priorities? Not hello, good morning. I was shocked. So what happened in that was that one morning turned into four mornings at 4.30 in the morning. And by the end of the four days, he had taught me more than I ever would have been able to teach him. And that turned into an invite to come back. And he said, I'll be back in six months. And I would love to invite you to come to the event I'm going to be doing in Williamsburg, Virginia, with the top 50 CEOs in the area. And if you come train me, I'll let you attend for free. So there I am as, you know, my mid twenties, you know, no formal education, high school dropout, got this job part-time, had no formal, you know, anything. And I'm sitting six months later with all the top CEOs in Richmond, Virginia, and in the surrounding areas. And Ken Blanchard is teaching and it changed my life drastically. So that's just one story. And as those evolved and I just kept saying yes and showing up, I was in that proximity rule. I was around people who were asking me bigger questions, who were inspiring me to dream bigger dreams. One of them was the CEO of the YMCA. And he said, you should go back to college. You're really smart. And I thought, I got a GED. Went to the military and learned how to be a personal management specialist. I've somehow passed my training exam to be a fitness trainer. I'm getting paid $25 an hour to wear exercise clothes for a living. Like I thought I won. I thought I won the lottery. And so those questions inspired me to ask, well, could I go back to college? And so in leadership development, that space to me really opened up learning more about myself, but it was putting myself around the people that got brought to cross my path. And I still wrestle with that question today. Why was I allowed to meet this person? How did this person cross my path? Is that divine timing? Um, you know, what if I had said no? Do people get opportunities like this all the time? And I ask those questions a lot. How do some people make it and some don't? Why are some people successful and some people fail? And that lifelong curiosity has just led me to keep showing up. You know, when you asked about coming to do the show today, I could have said no, but I said yes. 
Yeah. And that living that surrendered life of curiosity, I think, has been a really big secret formula for a lot of people who who get success in lots of ways. And so that's um, that's just one of my stories. And they just keep going. And I got testimonials on my website and I put it all out there. But um, I just don't tell the stories very often because I'm not bragging. I still shake my head and go, how did I end up in Ken Blanchard's living room playing with his grandkids on the floor on vacation when, you know, anybody in the world would love that opportunity. And he's been a lifelong mentor and friend. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, stories is what shapes us. And we're, we're getting ready to go on our break right now for, for our first break. But I think it's really important for people to really understand like, hey, you know what? There, there's something behind of who I am that shaped me to who I am. And I have to say, that was the first time I heard that, that particular story from you. So the stories that I do know, you know, there's so much behind. Yetta and who you are and <laughs> what shape you are. But uh, I want, when we come back from our break, I want to be talking a little bit more about balancing the future profits, profits and progressive yeah. leadership and kind of dive into some of your system and share with our audience about like how they can really, you know, implement that to you know create a better future for themselves. So let's stay tuned. We'll come back after this break. And now a word from our sponsors. Navigating the business world can be daunting. Welcome to the Business Leaders Network, a community of like-minded entrepreneurs ready to share invaluable experience. As a BLN member, enjoy dynamic networking opportunities with high-level entrepreneurs, learn cutting-edge strategies from industry experts, and gain a platform to showcase your business. Get started today for only $37, which is less than your daily cup of coffee. Join a community that can transform your business. Visit www.blncommunity.com to get started. Your success is our mission at BLN. Let's navigate the business world together. And now back to the show. All right, today we have our special guest, Yetta Stansel out of Richmond, Virginia, and someone that I got to know pretty well over the past several months and just was really excited about getting her here on our show. And if you guys missed the first part of our show, she went through a little bit about her story, about a backstory, about some connections she's made and what helped lead her today. But we, where we want to be uh, focused on right now is talking about balancing the future, profits, profits, and progressive leadership. So, Yetta, the floor is yours, and I'm really excited to hear more about what you have to say in regards to this topic. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you asked me about a topic I wanted to talk about, this is one that I'm really passionate about, and it kind of ties in a little bit to the story that I was just sharing. I feel like sometimes when we're on our own trajectory as an entrepreneur or in our own leadership growth, we do view people who've been successful like profits. And and I know the, the I'm talking about profits with a PH. And I remember sitting one time in a workshop and going, okay, writing down like profits with a PH and profits with an S. I, I've always been someone that loves duality and loves to look at, you know, um, opposing sides. So if I'm going to, for instance, go get information about mindfulness, I not only did a certification in mindfulness, I wanted to also then do the other side of the coin, which was meditation. And so I, I like looking at both sides because I'm not somebody that wants to get tied up in a belief or a dogma that only knows part of the story. And so the idea around profits and with a pH and profits with an S was a big question of mine because a lot of these gurus that are out there in the leadership industry and in the entrepreneurial space, they really do come across like they are prophetics, that they have some prophetic knowingness. And, you know, way back in religion, you know, prophets, you know, we can start all the way back as Moses and all the way forward, they brought forth new information. And so I'm talking about profits in the business world in the sense of I'm going to change the language a little bit because we're not talking about religion. I'm just using the archetype of profits with a pH. It's people who can take something from the unknown into the known. 
And in historically in religion, that's what prophets do. They take something not known and then introduce something known. So Moses would be an example, bringing in the the tablets and the commandments. He took something not known and then turned and brought in the known. And so I started looking at this. What is prophetic knowing? Where does it come from as as leaders? People, entrepreneurs are gifted with it. My story with you about being a kid, that prophetic knowing is something that I believe a lot of us have. I think everyone has the capacity to cultivate it. Very, very few of us do. And so I really got curious about this prophetic knowing. How do you know certain things? You know, JR, how do you know when you get a good idea how to manifest that and create that and put that out in the world? How do you know anything? And what I kept coming back to was there was this language around wisdom that leaders learn how to tap into and cultivate wisdom and inner knowingness, whether you did that on a purpose or it was your life experiences that gave it to you. So knowing a little bit about your story and when I listened to you and interviewed you on my show, JR, I realized, oh, I got to know a lot more about you and life itself was the curriculum that gave you a lot of your leadership skills, your prophetic knowingness, your internal compass, your guidance system, a lot of different words to use. And so I started asking myself, so in leadership development, these prophets that are out there that are taking something from the unknown into the known, why aren't we talking about that more? And so for Mm -hmm. me, for 20 years, I've been using language that says your inner world is directly uh, reflected in your outer world. I did lectures for years on, you know, uh, behaviors that impact the bottom line of the business. And what I realized was when I went and did my MBA, Most people in leadership development in the business world weren't talking about behavior change and behaviors in business. It was very much about profits with the F. What are the systems? What are the structures? What are all the ways that we can make profits with an F? And I thought, well, maybe I need to learn those. So my first career being in behavior change and health and wellness, I really knew a lot about this prophetic knowingness. I just didn't call it that then. And then I went into learning all these systems around profits with an F. And I sat back one day and I thought, wait a minute. So the two should come hand in hand and I should actually be integrated and joined, in my opinion. How can you create viable systems and take action without contemplative knowingness? But you can't live just in knowingness and be a prophetic without taking action in the business world. And so I started creating some frameworks and some language around talking about the profits with PH and with F. And a lot of business leaders started resonating with that. You get a lot of great ideas, but how do you know which one to act on? Mm -hmm. And then once you get the idea as an entrepreneur, then we have to create the systems to go into the profits with an F. And so I started using that also as a measuring stick when I work with clients. Anybody can come talk to me about anything and I automatically go into which profit are we talking about? Do you need to start with your profit with a PH or your profit with an F? in order to go forward in your business. And then that will decide, are we going into the inner workings of your behavior as a leader, or are we going into your systems and structures in the outer world and the business, which is the profit with the F side. And that's really how I started doing it. Yeah. So I want to, I wanted to tie into that a little bit because, you know, when you, when you're hearing about like trying to figure out whether that's a business that you want to start or, or whatever, what if someone's already pretty established into their business and they're not necessarily looking at the the profits with an F? I mean, yes, we want to always be looking at that, but they're still they're still not clear on that vision. They're still not clear on the where they're going. They they got an established business, but what? Okay, let, let me let me take a step back. They're not clear on opportunities that would come into their business. So because so, we all as, as we become more influential, as we become you know more uh, you know higher. You, 
people start looking at us as a bigger celebrity or whatever you want to call it, you're going to get a lot of people that ask you to join opportunities, to be part of something, to help to be, to be part of different communities, to be part of speaking on stages and doing different mm-hmm. events or whatever it may be. There could be a million different things. How do you know when to say yes and no? Because, you know, by, by saying this and knowing your profits with a, with a pH and having that filter, like you say, how do you know, like what, when to say yes and when to say no? That's a great question. And what I would go back to, it's something I work with my clients. I call it a love-based vision. I was actually on today with another entrepreneur. He calls his his vivid vision with his clients. It's a vision. And that comes back to that prophetic knowing, the prophet with a PH is, do you have a clear vision of who you are, what you're doing to be of service to others and how you are taking that out into the world? And so as you were talking, I was thinking very rarely have I come across a leader who says, oh, the profits are fine with an F. It's the profits with the pH that need the work. Because I don't believe, you mentioned about being influencer versus inspiration. I don't believe you can build a successful business if you don't have a clear vision of what you're building. So when people come to work with me, they're either in high growth startup or turnaround situations because something is not manifesting the way they want or they're ready to manifest at the next level, but they don't have the behaviors in place to get there. They don't they may not know that they're looking at it and they're going, okay, well, if the money's fine, then what's the problem? But typically the money's not fine if someone is at a growth edge and they're wanting to lean in. And so back to the answer of your question, you're always selling yourself. When, when you said influencing earlier, I thought, I, I don't even think of the word as an influencer. I'm always selling myself when I speak and when yeah. I teach. So how did I know to say yes to you when you made the call? My vision, I have a 10-page vision document that says, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm creating in life, personally and professionally. And when the call comes or the message comes or the ask comes, my very first question to myself is, is saying yes to this going to take me closer to my vision or further away from it? So that's the first thing I would say to people out there listening. If you don't know where you go, there's a reason why it's not cliche, but you know, without the vision, people perish. If you don't know where you are and where you aspire or dream to go, then you don't have a vision. And if you certainly, if you haven't written that down and you don't use that as your metric to say, what am I doing? How am I getting there? Um, the how doesn't always have to be figured out, but what what is it that's driving your decision-making? And so the vision would be the first thing I would say on that. Where are you going? And is saying yes going to get me closer to or further away? And so I don't ever view that I'm saying no. If I'm saying no, I'm saying yes to my vision. It's that simple. So when you asked, part of my vision is to educate and speak and serve and help people to grow and evolve. And so, yes, the answer was this takes me closer to my vision and the different things I want to do. And I would say that's the gauge that I would offer the listeners is how do you know what to answer to? Well, first of all, have you written down the vision that you have and what you aspire to create? If you haven't, write it down. Let it be the filter through which you say, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Who am I going to spend my time with? And if that's not going to get you where you aspire to be, then you don't have a vision and you're just kind of aimlessly floating around and you're letting somebody else create the vision and you're not the one that's going to get there. They are. So that's how I would answer that question. Yeah, it's it's funny because like when I started entrepreneur, like my first business, it was martial arts school, just got out of the military and didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll start a martial arts school because that's what I knew. I didn't know what else to do. I just kind of fell into it. I didn't have a vision about where I was going, what I was going to do or how where I was going to take it. It was just like, okay, I'll just go teach people 
self-defense, martial arts and do this just because I love to teach and, and things like that. And then same thing when it came to like my fitness business, you know, I, I ended up selling that business, started a PowerFit Bootcamp and grew that to be really big, really quick, but I didn't really have a vision, but almost to the sense of like where, where, uh, like what you're saying is like, it gives you that, that clarity of knowing when to say yes and when to say no. I mean, I was always a yes guy and I, and even today I'm still a yes guy. You want, you want my help? Sure. What can I help you with type thing? And yeah. uh, didn't really have that filter, but it wasn't until the past, I would say three or four years where I got really clear on what that vision is. And it's so much easier to have that filter. And not just that, my confidence level and stress level is like decreased way lower than it was when I was just out there just pumping the grind. Because when you're not, when you're not clear on your numbers, when you're not clear on where you're going, you're always living in a state of stress. At least I was yeah. like, yeah. I, cause I, you had a level yeah. of a vision. Well, I, you just didn't have it all mapped out. You had it wasn't, a desire. It wasn't yeah. 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 But you were, you were, so like, was a little I, mean, bit I, was, I was making a lot of money. I was making a big impact, mm-hmm. but I never felt like it was enough. I was like, yeah. Oh, great. Great. You know, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to do this? I'm like, Oh wait, I got this money coming in. I got this opportunity here. I got this class here. Everything was good, but I just had no focus. Well, I didn't know I where I was going. Was just, yeah. Just and I think that's out. where it comes into the the next part of the the talk is that progressive leadership is learning to integrate the profit with a pH with the profit with an F. When the profit with an F is firing on all cylinders, man, the ego loves it. And that ego can get really out of proportion and out of control because it mm-hmm. loves frenzy. It loves activity. It loves consumption. It loves distraction. And I've lived there. You know, my personal story in my book and the, 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 you know, the talks I do, that was my awakening was, yeah, it, parts of it were great on the outside, but at night I'm laying there looking at the ceiling, wanting to fire myself because I was doing such a horrible job. And I was like in that imposter syndrome to the point that I thought if they really knew it's all just a joke, it's a hoax. I'm not really this person. And so where this new phase of leadership, this transformative business leadership development, this um, this progressive leadership that I mentioned, it's learning to take the two and bring them together. I had to right size the profit with an F and systems and structures to make money are out there. You can go tomorrow and start a business and sell something to make money. It wasn't until I got the profit with a PH at the table and said, who am I? What's my purpose? What am I here to serve? So you can use that in a word of spirituality, of the soul, whatever it is. I had to learn to integrate both parts of that profit where I thought I want to make the the money, but I also want to feel good about who I am and make sure I'm serving something greater than myself. And what you just said, that's that integration, that progressive leadership says who I am as a person is what I'm doing to manifest as a business. And the stress level just goes down because you live in truth. You live in an integrated place. You care about people. You care about yourself. You, you care about people to the point that, you know, earlier I was talking to a gentleman. He said, when you operate like that as a leader, people will, will go through brick walls for you. And it's so true. So this new progressive leadership is asking people to say both profits can exist in the business world. And are you integrating and are you asking yourself, what vision do I see for the future for myself, my family, my team, my community, whatever level you're out there creating business and the people that follow you want to know that side of you. You know, we're living in a new world where that veil has been torn, where people want to know who you are as a person. And and I'll say this because I mentioned Ken Blanchard earlier, the most wisest thing he ever said to me, he said, Yetta, you're not a leader because you wake up and choose to be a leader and tell people to follow you. I'm like, you're not. I thought that's what I was trying to do. And he goes, nope, you're a leader because people wake up and they choose to follow you. 
And that was the most powerful thing I'd ever heard. And I thought, would I choose to follow me? And that's when I had to get that prophetic knowing this part of myself back out and get the two parts of myself to have a conversation and say, I need both of you. And sometimes I'm in one more than the other, but I vet it now through both of those voices. And yes, I have multiple voices in my head and it's okay. Um, we all do. And that's a whole nother episode. And so who's talking? And both are allowed to be at the table, but when they work together in a friendly way, I know that I'm onto something really, really cool. When they're not, and I'm stuck in one or the other, Prophets with a PH like to live in contemplation a lot. Prophets with an F love to just live in action. I like to marry the two together and say, how do I go into inspired action? How do I influence people and um, and sell them on this, this idea that I'm offering? But you don't just sit and think about it. You got to do both. You got to know it and then you got to act on it. I love and that. that's what that's I think so- progressive leadership is. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And that's a great transition point to going into our next break. And uh, when we come back, I would love to dive in a little bit about how people can transition from understanding what their vision is and the prophecy to becoming the progressive leadership. Because I think what you said about having people wake up to want to follow you is a really important statement that people need to really understand. And I like to dive a little bit deeper in that. So stay tuned. We'll come back here shortly. And now a word from our sponsors. Stuck in growth and need more time to serve your clients? Let J.R. Spear and his Creed Consulting team help. We offer a full done-for-you service, strategizing and building your program to scale fast. From video shoots to web design and automation, we've got you covered. Our expertise gives you more time to deliver the quality your clients deserve. Ready to build faster and serve better? Call us today at 314-221-9216 and let's kickstart your coaching program and build the quality quality of product your clients deserve. And now back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everyone. My name is JR, and I am your host on the Business Leaders Network, and we are on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we have a special guest, Yetta Stansel, and we are talking about how business is balancing the future, profits with an F and profits with a PH and progressive leadership. But before we dive back into our show, I just want to remind you guys, if you have not joined our community as a guest and checked out who we are, I would love to have you come join one of our calls by going to BLN community.com, blncommunity.com. We have weekly networking calls, weekly mastermind calls. We want to help encourage you and help you grow your and teaching you guys on leadership, sales, marketing, systems, process, and financing. Go to blncommunity.com, click on get started, and we would love to see you there. All right, Yada, we are back and we had hit on a ton of information so far. And uh, I want to go right into, because we're talking about profits with an F and profits with a PH. And then you mentioned this progress Impressive leadership. Why don't we dive straight into that a little bit uh, see where this goes? Yeah. So, um, you know, progressive leadership, uh, transformative right. business leadership, any of any of those things um, are language. But I would actually say so there's this new theory um, that's out there. And I, I did a two year program in this in integrative development. And what that means, so all these words, integration, progressive, transformative, we're moving into a world in leadership, but I think in life in general, where, you know, and the younger kids, my son, who's in his 20s, these kids live a very blended life. There's no siloed Gen Xers and baby boomers. We're living in a very siloed world still because it's how we were raised. 
And so this new world, this post-COVID world has just kind of broken down all these barriers and beliefs. And so what's happening is, you know, people are asking bigger questions. They they want to have life and work and everything kind of touch each other. And so we're talking about different things now. We're having personal and professional conversations in the workplace and at home and, you know, Zooms and COVID and remote work. I mean, everything's changed. And so now in this whole integrative development space, we now know, and I've said this for years, I did my MBA program. I remember I was the only entrepreneur, 50 executives. I'm the only entrepreneur in the room. And I thought, why doesn't anybody talk about how to change a behavior like we teach in the health behavior world in order to change a leadership behavior? I don't understand. It's all the same science and psychology. But they didn't want to talk about what they did to deal with their personal suffering, their their drinking, their drugging, their you know gambling, their sexing, their shopping. It was like, oh, we don't talk about that. We just talk about business. We just talk about profits with an F. Well, profits with a pH is what's that prophetic knowingness that you have about how to take care of yourself and make healthy decisions. And a lot of leaders I was looking at, I was like, you might be successful by money standards, but I wouldn't follow you on anything else in your life. So I'm not going to follow you on this one. And so there's this theory of integrated development that says, you know, our identity is made of our behavior, our environment, our aspirations and our mindset. And so this progressive place of leadership is now looking at all parts of the self, you know, mental, physical, emotional, social, spiritual, financial, even at some levels, metaphysical. And so now as we're learning to look at all parts of who we are, we realize there's more to us than just the role we wear at work, the title we have, the bank account balance. You know, when I look at you, JR, I mean, you could tell me all the great business things that you do, but who who are you as a person? You're a father. You know, what are you doing in the community? You know, what do you do to serve in in other capacities? The role and the mask or the the hat you wear, so to speak, of the one, you know, business leader network is just an aspect of who you are. And so this younger generation is coming up. They're going to be future leaders and they're asking these questions. They want permission to be all parts of themselves in the workplace. And some of that is about relationship and some of that is about, you know, doing things together in the community. So this whole idea of integrative development is up and coming and it is creating safe spaces to let people be who they really are. And everyone that's sitting around your boardroom, um, your customers that are out there, every single human being in the world is suffering with something. And you might solve a pain point for them, but really the biggest need people have is to feel heard and seen and valued and included. They want a sense of belonging. And so I think we've got to start talking about that in leadership development. And the first most important person to belong to is yourself. What do you stand for? What are your yeses? What are your noes? Back to that vision. Who are you? What are you What are you contributing to the world? And I'm just hearing more and more people are willing to ask those questions and be courageous enough to just put some pen and paper to that and go, who am I? It's one of the first things I do with a coaching client. I have them write all the things they say they think and say that they are. And then I encourage them every day, ask that question because it changes and it gets us deeper to a felt sense of humanity. And that kind of comes back to that prophetic knowingness. People want to be guided. They want to be told. They want answers. This living in this world of not knowing is a hard place to lead. And I think if we can integrate the power of questions and curiosity with the power of systems and structures, we can allow this full self and this full identity not just for us, but as leaders, but also for our businesses. And so it's really inviting people right now, what I call, and it's a language that's used a lot in the prophetic world, but um, really prophets live with what they say uh, on the outside of the inside, meaning we don't join and then just turn a blind eye. 
we're always on the outside where those edge seekers, those truth seekers, those truth tellers, where we're we're included, but we're far enough excluded that we watch what's going on around us and we we say, here's what's coming. And so this new way of thinking is going to be paramount for success in the business world as we live in this evolving unknown world. I mean, think about what we face every day. Is there another strand of COVID out? Are we going back to remote working? What are the mandates? You know, we just had a major uh, earthquake in Morocco. You know, life is telling us it's the curriculum that's saying you need to be looking not just internal in your own world and in your business, but you need to have somebody that can look in and out. So I do believe that this whole progressive leadership is calling us to say, how do you lead from a place of not knowing? And that's a powerful question. And you and I both know from the military, there's a lot of unknowns, but you, we weren't taught to lead with not knowing. We were taught to command control. But really, the truth is, how much do we ever really know? And now a word from our sponsors. Ready to elevate your coaching business and make a profound impact? Discover your roadmap in J.R. Spears' book, The Success Guide to Building Your Coaching Empire. Immerse in wisdom earned through years of successful coaching, presenting a strategic battle plan to navigate challenges and seize opportunities. Don't just survive, but thrive in your industry. Get your copy at www.jrspear.com today. Let this guide be your companion in your journey to a powerful coaching empire. Transform your business and make a bigger impact now. And now back to the show. So there's a couple of things that, yeah, there's a couple of things that actually come to my mind and, and it, it might be totally off topic, but it's the first thing that really sparked my. Uh, then, you, then let's talk about uh, it because it's meant uh, to be. Yeah. About so as a, as a leader, one thing that I find now correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of employees, not necessarily the business owner, but a lot of employees, it's like they don't show up wanting to work. Like they they do the bare minimum, they do what they want to do. So, uh, or even even trying to lead and teach, like there's a very small percentage that I found of people that actually want to be led or get them to move. So when you're, when you're battling this type of thing with a lot of employees or team members or whatever, and they're not really inspired to want to move. I mean, yes, we could say the easy answer is go find someone else and let them go. But how can we step up as the leader to get them to say, you know what, let's move, let's get you moving, let's get you have more confidence, let's get you to be, you know, do what we we called you to do, but just honestly, just get them to move and yeah, to the so, direction that we, we need them to. It's great hard. Question. And I don't think you're going to like my answer because here's what I know, yeah. and that's it's behavior 101. You cannot change anyone else's behavior but your own. So in leadership yeah. development, when a leader comes to me and has that frustrated question and says, and this has happened lots in my career, you know, I can't get the people to do this and I can't get any, should I fire them all and start all over? The first thing I say to a leader is, well, your beliefs and your vision have created this culture. So if they're not moving somehow by action or by passive aggressiveness, you have created a culture that has told them that this is okay. You didn't attract yeah. people that wanted to move. So there's that. And that's a hard one to hear when you're like, what do you mean? Well, maybe you didn't actively create the culture, but you passively created it. So somehow, somewhere you created a culture with your own vision and your own belief that you said this was an okay behavior because in business, all a culture is, is a social norm. And you know what creates social norms, JR? The leader. Beliefs. Yeah. The leader, yeah. the executive team, your business, your culture is a collective co-creation of your consciousness and your awareness of your owner and your executive team and the people that run the show and make the decisions. So the oh, first question I would be asking is what culture have I co-created or allowed to be created 
that gives people permission to be okay with the status quo and not move and not be hungry because there are businesses out there where that culture doesn't exist. And that's because the owners and the leaders are like, no, no effing way. We're not doing that. This is part of our culture. The second answer, the second part of that answer that I would give you, knowing you can't change someone else's behaviors, but your own, when you change your own behavior, you change the dance step of your partners and they either move with you. And I say they either coach up or they coach out. And so by changing your own behavior, you change the culture, which then changes the social norm, which then says, I now as an employee have to say, do I want to be a part of this or not? And I'll either go look for another job because I don't like what you've created, or I'll say, okay, I'm willing to learn, help me understand. So this is a really big piece in leadership development and in this whole transformative journey. Some people nail it and get it right, right out of the gate as leaders and as entrepreneurs. Some people don't. And then they need help and they need to figure it out. That's why a lot of times in entrepreneurship, you don't see founders stay the entire story arc all the way through. The unicorns, the rarities you do, but you usually don't because they're really good at an idea and manifesting a product and bringing it to market, but they might not be great at creating the culture for a longevity of this company to really grow and evolve. And that's what I mean. Behaviors impact the bottom line. Your prophetic knowingness matches your your profit structures. And when the two marry and you hit lightning, you're on to something. But when you're not, the first question should be go within and ask yourself, what have I done to allow this to be created? And when you ask that question, you'll find the answer. That's so good. And uh, and to go back to what you said, yes, that was the answer that I was looking for. So because I (laughs) I I didn't want you I didn't want you to agree with you know, be able to just settle for whatever else. I mean, I'm, I'm right along the same lines as you. And I, I have some clients and some people that, I, you know, in business that you know, I kind of counsel and help with. And that was kind of like my answer is like, well, you allowed this yeah. to happen. Yeah. And we, and we, yeah. we got to create it. And just, uh, I think a lot of times people just, and I fell into this before too, where we, we end up bringing people on not really vetting the right people, but because we're, we're bringing people on in a state of desperation because we need help. It's like, yeah. hey, you know what? I need this task done, so I need help. And I'm going to take the first person that raised their hand and says yes. Yeah. And Versus, in the leadership development world, we call that, yeah, we call that a limiting belief. So you're unconsciously saying, here's what I'm going to do, but you're actually negating it with a belief of, I don't really know if I can do it. So you attract people on your belief systems and on your vision. So telling people, here's where I'm going. You know, when I met with you, I asked you questions. Tell me about Business Leader Network. What is it? If I join, what am I doing? Who am I involved with? You know, it's not about a return on investment. It's a return on value. What's the value you're offering me? What's the value I'm contributing? And so then I asked myself, am I in alignment with this? And when I choose that I'm not, or you choose to change course, I still have free will and an ability to make a decision. And so, you know, one thing that you, as you were just speaking, that came to me was in the coaching world, this is language I use a lot with leaders is, you know, we're moving from codependency to what I call co-regulation. And so codependency is I'm a not a very good leader and I allow you to be a not a very good employee, but I need you and you need me. And it's just it's just a nasty codependent dance. So we got to have each other. Leaders who go into what's called co-regulation, which says I'm a whole successful, healthy person with a vision, with a plan, with a trajectory of where I'm going, attracts people to come in and say, and me too. What role do you need me to play in this vision? And my vision and my trajectory are in alignment with yours. So let's do this together. And when we do that type of leadership, it's really called empowerment. It allows everybody to get their needs met. And people will work for you tirelessly and they'll find a sense of joy doing it because they feel like they have value and worth and that they're a part of the process, not a product or a byproduct or a forgotten bystander. 
So we're just moving. Consciousness is coming. It's there. Creativity, community, you know, all these words are out there and the younger generation has it and they're going to be our future leaders. So the Gen Xers like me and you, we got to step it up and we got to start saying, yeah, I've got my own prophetic knowingness. I've got systems and structures of profit. You know, how do I use those together and then really go out there and transform the business world and invite people to come along and have fun doing this work with me? And that's the sense I get from your business leader network. We're all there to, to grow and evolve ourselves, but we're growing and evolving each other just by showing up and raising our hands. And yeah. um, and I just can't imagine leading without that sense going forward. Otherwise, we're just selfish, siloed, cut off, and all we are is just worried about our own pockets and bank accounts. And I'm telling you, the generation behind us is is calling BS on that. They're not interested. Yeah. Do you do you find uh, the generation behind us? Yes, they're seeing that and they're wanting to make change, or they, do you see it kind of getting a little bit worse, where it's almost like a, a ripple effect? Be like, be, okay, the people now they are uh, they're allowing certain behaviors to happen. And so that's rippling down towards the next generation where they're just adapting those behaviors and it's just going to continue to just get worse. Or as a younger generation, are you seeing a different effect where they're like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of this and I want to make change. Well, you know, I'm seeing both. I'm seeing a lot of stuff. And it's because here's what's really cool as parents. We're creating that. We did create the generation that's coming. My son is a product of every single thing I teach on, I speak on, that I've written about. He has watched this and been drinking this Kool-Aid his entire life. I have a 26-year-old who has so much more wisdom. That's that prophetic knowingness than I ever did at his age. And he has so much more awareness around business processes and structures that he makes better decisions at 26 than I probably did at 46. No lie. And so it's it's who it's it's the product that we're looking at. Now, I can also tell you, I've seen other people's kids who didn't get the same level of coaching or awareness or access or dots connecting of people showing up in their lives. And so I think we've got to just admit the social norms are still out there for both. And so what we do as leaders in our own home is what's creating the leadership that's coming. The first person my kid calls when he hits a brick wall is me. He doesn't go to his friends. He doesn't go to the bottle. He doesn't go to the, the shops. He calls me and he says, I got to walk through this. So I feel like those of us as parents that are, are coaches and consultants, it's important for us to invest in our kids. And I talk to leaders that I know all over. I talked to a guy the other day. Every leadership book that his high school girls read, he gives them money for it. He rewards it. So if you're listening to this show, the number one thing I think we can do outside of our own leadership development is be investing that leadership development in our own kids or even the kids in our community. They are our future leaders. So you're going to see pockets of people doing it really well and pockets of people not doing it well. But don't discount those high school dropouts that are out there floating around aimlessly because I was one of them and we can do the work with our own kids or anyone else's. I love that. And we got less than a minute before they cut us off on this uh, on today's episode. But uh, on that last minute, one thing I want to hear you say is, why did you choose Business Leaders Network? Because it aligned with my vision. I knew where I was going. I knew where you were going after we met. And I want to be around people who are headed for success. And that was all I needed to know. And I felt it. That prophetic knowingness knew it. The prophet side of me saw it. And I said, let's work together. Thank you for listening to The Daily Creed. We hope you enjoy. For more, connect with us at www.blncommunity.com. That's www.blncommunity.com. We'll see you here next time.